to another episode of the Through the Banner podcast, second season, round one, 2021, just around the corner. It starts with a monster Thursday night clash, Richmond and Carlton. And I am here with a person who dislikes both of those teams. Liam, how are you? Great to have you back on the podcast, by the way. An old favorite on the podcast. I believe you were the first guest all the way back in round two, 2020, back in June. Can you believe it? Oh my goodness. I can't believe how quickly time, well, how quickly and how slowly time has gone. <laughs> and, uh, how are you, Liam? Are you excited about the season ahead? Well, I mean, every year brings with it new hope, especially when you're supporting a club, which has had the interesting uh, last couple of months that my club has had. Mm. So <laughs> I'm uh both optimistic and weary of what to expect heading into the new season. But um, at least before I have to worry about what will come for my team on Friday night, I at least have something to warm me into the AFL on uh, Thursday night, which should be an interesting encounter, shall we say. But I am well. <laughs> Good to hear that you're That's well, my question. friend. Good to hear that you are well. I am, I for one, am super excited for this round. Lots of blockbuster games. Lots of games that I think are 50-50. They could go one way or the other. Um, I think the scheduling scheduling gurus at the AFL have done a great job with this round for the most part. Starts off on Thursday night, as I previously mentioned. Carlton taking on Richmond. The Blues hasn't beaten the Tigers since the 2013 elimination final. It has been a debacle after debacle after debacle after close loss after debacle for Carlton against Richmond in that time. Last year, Richard got off to a massive head start, did the same thing the year before that. Carlton pegged their way back, made it look better than it was. Can the Blues do it this year, Liam? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> as, much as, as much as I both take the pleasure and pain in saying that, uh, I don't think they will. Um, I think I've, I've looked into it and Carlton are battling quite significant injury concerns. Um, a lot of their key players in uh, particular positions are out. And then also they've got the fact that uh, Zach Williams has been suspended. So they're going to be missing probably a handful of, you know, proper key players to their team. Um, and as if that wasn't bad enough, Richmond, uh, Trent Cochran recently, just I think it was today or yesterday, came out and said that uh, Prestia and Tom Lynch are likely to return. So just really adding insult to injury or in this case, you know, maybe adding a, just just adding even further insult to injury mm. on top of the already injuries and suspensions that they have. Um, so I don't think that Richmond will fail in this instance, um, which pains me because I would like to see Richmond fail. Um, but yeah, I think that Richmond will maybe have to wait and uh, bide their time because I think Carlton will start fairly strong. But I think as the game wears on, I think Richmond will run away with it a bit later on and uh, get a 26-point win. How about yourself? Yep, fair point. The Tigers in recent years have been awesome against Carlton. No reason why that's going to finish uh, anytime soon. That streak that they have going against the Blues, it Richmond just amazed me, right? With the amount of adversity that they had off the field last year, right? And obviously, like all the other bigs, they had to move and you know, stay 100-plus days away from home, away from family, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, away from friends, away from what they what they knew and what was familiar to them. And to win the premiership with such ease in that last quarter against Geelong was amazing. 
And heading into this year, I believe the only injury concern really to their best 22 is Bajahuli, who's going to miss round one. Um, aside from that, they are pretty fit and firing the Tigers. Carlton pressures on the Blues this year. They have to, you know, many people are saying that they have to make finals this season. Um, they're not going to get off to the right start, though. I think Tigers by 14 points. I think it's going to be a lot closer than what it has been in previous years. Carlton, if if they want to show that they can challenge for finals, at worst, it has to be an honorable loss. At worst. Moving on to Friday night footy. It's the Maggies and the Doggies, Liam. And it's Adam Trelaw, not Trelaw Adams like I called him last year. It's Adam Trelaw against his old side. He should be playing on Friday night. He should be cleared to go by the dogs. I'm excited for this one. I don't know about you. Are you more nervous or excited? A bit of both. I mean, for a neutral, I think it's exciting because I think it'll be a fairly interesting game. Um, obviously, there's a lot of kind of uh, behind the scenes uh kind of politics to this game if you like um but um both teams are you know relatively injury free especially the bulldogs um the only player that i really noticed was of a concern for them missing is norton um colin would have a few doubtful ones taylor uh taylor adams uh brody Myacek and still sidewater are all kind of doubts at this moment um so Adams might not play, which would help with obviously your, you know, uh, Trelaw Adams issues. They might come up against each other, though. We never know. Um, God forbid. <laughs> but um, a reasonably promising preseason um, for Collingwood, losing by a goal or less to both of last year's grand finalists. Can't read all that much into preseason, but other than that, and I suppose the squads available to each team, what more can we really look into? as well as obviously last season. Um, and for the Bulldogs, a bit of a mixed bag. They lost to Hawthorne, but then pummeled Melbourne. So again, kind of hard to, t- to tell where we can gauge them. But I think there's a lot of pressure on the Bulldogs this year. I think, you know, they had a really good trade period. Um, and I think anything short of improvement on where they finished last year won't be accepted. I think uh, I'll get onto it a bit later when we discuss a different topic. But um, I-, I-, I think the Bulldogs... Ha- really need to win this game. I think the pressure is on them to win this. I think there's a lot of people who aren't expecting much of Collingwood this year. A lot of uh, my social media in the last couple of days, a lot of the Channel 7 commentators have been picking Collingwood as their um, team to drop off the most this year, essentially drop as, you know, drop as, how do I word this? To drop the furthest down the ladder based on their last year's position. Um, So I think the pressure isn't on Collingwood. I think people are expecting a bad year for Collingwood. So the pressure is on the Bulldogs, I think, to come out and win this. And I think they will, but I think it'll be a close encounter. I think the Bulldogs will scrape an eight-point win. That would be an awesome game to start off the Friday night slate of matches this year. I don't think it would be that close. I don't think it's going to be a smashing, right? I The one thing for Bulldogs supporters and for the Bulldogs players, I should say as well, to remember, is that they were supposed to win round one last year against Collingwood, or at least make it competitive. And it was not. <laughs> Collingwood went on by 53 points, kicked something like the first six or seven goals of the game. And it was just 
it, it was such a disappointing start to the year for Western Bulldog supporters. <laughs> I was going to say, hang on, disappointing. Yeah. I, I, I have quite fond memories of that day. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you do. Uh, look, the Dogs this year, they have to show improvement. They have to at least win a final this year, for I, I reckon, for it to be considered a pass mark. So that being said, I think the Dogs by 21 points. I think it's going to be close. I'm excited to hear the sound of close to 50,000 people at that match. Same with uh, the night before. Isn't it great to have footy back? It certainly is. Speaking of the MC, you didn't sound really uh, convinced that when you said that. <laughs> moving, on. <laughs> uh, moving on to the Ds and the Dockers at the G. Now, um, I'll start with this one, Liam, if that's all right. Fremantle have had a pretty decent recent record against Melbourne, including beating them last year in a massive upset up in Cairns. Now they're back in Melbourne. I was going to actually tip Fremantle to win this game, but that was before the injury to Worry Lob out for anywhere between six to 10 weeks. That's a massive loss for them because now I'm just reading the injury list on the AFL.com.au. Sean Darcy has to go through a test before being confirmed for the starting lineup for Fremantle. If Darcy gets up. It's going to be Darcy versus Max Gorn. I like Sean Darcy. He's a good player. But to go up against the best, sorry, Brody, the best Ruckman in the competition to start off the new year, that's rough. That's very tough. I, I wouldn't risk that on my worst enemy unless that enemy, enemy played for, I don't know, someone like Collingwood. But that's besides the point. Because of that lack of um, that lack of Roy Lobb, because Lobb is not just a ruckman. He's someone who can go into the forward line, clunk a few marks and kick a few goals, right? Which Fremantle is going to need him to do this year. Not going to be able to do that against Melbourne. I think that gives the D's the edge. It's going to be close. So I rate both of their midfields very highly. It's just going to be, it will come down to Roy Lobb not being there. Melbourne's going to win by five points. Rob makes all the difference. Liam? Yeah. Yeah, I agree on the fact that Rory Lobb's a big big loss, but Michael Waters also isn't going to be there, and he's oh, on his day one of, the, one of the best forwards in the game. Yeah. <laughs> on his day, he's one of the best forwards in the game. Um, so that is another big loss. But to be fair to Fremantle, Melbourne aren't exactly blessed when it comes to their injury list. Uh, Brayshaw has got a test, and Brown's out. Stephen May's got a test, uh, among a few others. So, you know, but Jack Biney is going to be out. Wiedemann's out. So, you know, both teams, like, it's surprising. The majority of the AFL teams, with the exception of a couple, have got at least a couple of star players out or you know, potentially going to be missing round one. So, you know, I'm bullish about Fremantle's uh, year this year. I think that there was a lot of positives from their game last year. I think uh, Longmore had them playing some good football. Um, so, and they, they they were quite good in preseason against West Coast. So, I'm a bit more optimistic for Fremantle. Um, 
I'm actually I'm going to go for them. I'm going to back them by 19 points. I think Stephen May, if he's unavailable, uh, I think he'll be a big loss to the to the Demons' uh, defense. Yeah, I agree with that. I kind of view though, if if just personally, right? I agree. May's May's one of their best players, but mm. if May is missing, I kind of feel like May and Lob both not being there kind of cancel each other out. Nevertheless, this is one of those 50-50 matchups that we mm. would, uh, mentioned earlier. Could genuinely go, go either way. Um, and in this case, we have both gone different ways. Yes, we have. Uh, <laughs> moving on to the next game. This, I don't think it's 50-50. And this is, I think, the easiest game of the round to predict. And that is Involved. Geelong <laughs> traveling to the Adelaide Oval to take on the Crows... Look, Adelaide fans, if if you're if you're listening to this, right? I admire you for sticking with your team through these tough times, right? And the good times will come, no doubt, right? It's always darkest be before the dawn. To quote Florence and the Machine, it's always darkest before the dawn, right? You're going through dark periods. There will be sunlight again at Westlake's. It's not going to come in round one, 2021. <laughs> Geelong is going to add more darkness, heap more misery onto the Crows. But I don't think it will be by as much as I think some people will um, will predict it to be. Just because I think Geelong, with uh, an older team, older, slower, I think the Crows can, can prove themselves that they can, you know, transition the ball of rebound better off of defensive 50 catch the cats out a couple of times not enough to actually threaten Geelong but enough to make sure there's not a total blowout cats by 45 okay yeah I mean it's hard to see anything but a Geelong win in this case and it doesn't help when you got Daniel Talia out of the defense for Adelaide it's just it doesn't help does it and um you know, granted, Geelong have their own injury concerns, but I mean, you're looking at two teams that are opposing ends of the ladder from last year, so it's hard to tip the one at the bottom. <laughs> um, and Adelaide had a, a real poor preseason; they got pummeled both times by uh, crosstown rivals, Port Adelaide, who I think are going to be a major threat this year. Mm. Um, so I think that Geelong will get a, a fairly simple win, uh, 56 points for me. Yep. I think so. Look, Adelaide fans might as well just turn over to round two, to be to be, to be frank. Right. I will say this: I'm hopeful for Adelaide that it won't their unex, their loss streak won't be as long as it was last year. That's what I'll say for Adelaide yeah. fans. Yeah, me too. I wouldn't wish that on anyone, except for maybe Carlton supporters. Moving on <laughs> to uh, now, I've trash talk some of our biggest rivals. Now it's time for Essendon to get a mention. Bombers versus Hawks on Saturday night. Both teams injured to hell and back. Both teams set to unleash a lot of debutantes into the AFL. Uh, I'm, for one, am very excited to see how well the likes of Nick Cox, Harrison Jones, Archie Perkins, how they can do, uh, how well they can perform on the bright lights of Saturday night footy. I'm excited for this. Uh, Hawthorne, Kaczynski, phenomenal effort against North Melbourne. Six goals. Like, that's unheard of for 
uh, for a new player, right? And yeah, I know, I know it's the preseason. I know it's against North Melbourne. Like, you know, it's not exactly against high-end opposition. Like, I get it, right? But still. Shots fired already. <laughs> super, 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 super impressive. Yeah, North Melbourne supporters. Sorry, but not sorry at the same time. <laughs> Hawthorne and Essendon, I don't think uh, either team will have a particularly great season. Um, I'm, I'm predicting that both teams will have disappointing 2021s for large stretches. Um, there will be a lot of bright spots. I think Essendon's a better team than Hawthorne. I think their list is better. I think the injury list isn't as dire. And even with the injured players back on the park for both teams, I think Essendon has a better best 22 than Hawthorne's best 22. Because of all those reasons and more, I'm tipping Essendon to win a close one by 15 points. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm with you on that. I think it's going to be a close one. Um, for Ben Rutten's first official game as head coach, mm. I uh, wish him not a good performance, unfortunately for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Essendon are missing key players at both ends of the field, Hurley and Stringer, looking like they're going to be out. Uh, that's 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 pretty big. Let's be real. You know, missing your key player at both ends of the field, that doesn't set you up for a great uh, situation. But the bright light, I guess, for uh, Essendon is that Hawthorne will be without Gunston and Sicily, mm-hmm. and uh, Tom Mitchell is a doubt as well. So they're missing players at you know key areas of the pitch as well. Um, but Hawthorne was strong in preseason. They won both of their games. Um, so I'm going to actually, I'm going to back them. I think they're going to get a bit of a surprise win here by 16 points. Yeah, look, to be, I can totally see Hawthorne winning. I mean, I, I, I hope not because I plan on going to this game. So it'd be really, really disappointing if Hawthorne <laughs> win. Um, but look, to be honest with you, I can totally see the Hawks winning this. I just think Essendon um, just have better players. Better players. Hawthorne obviously has a better coach. Should be a good game. Again, one of those 50-50 matches, you know, could go either way. Flip a flip a coin if you can't pick. Uh, is my piece of advice to you, dear listener, if you're in a tipping competition at all, flip a, you know, toss a coin. You're a good chance of, um, you're a good chance of uh, getting the tip right, I reckon. Maybe you can do oh, the same 50, for the 50. Match. Yeah, 50-50 actually. Yeah, that's 100% right. Yep. That's exactly, that is exactly how that happens. Mm-hmm. You can tell I'm really, really good at math. Moving on to the GABA, the grand final venue, the only venue outside of Victoria to host the grand final, now hosting Brisbane's opening game of the 2021 season without Cam Rayner. Can the Lions hold off the Sydney Swans? Liam? I think they will. Um, So you're just predicting Saturday night to be just an awful night for me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I take good pleasure in that too. <laughs> not, 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 not that I particularly dislike Sydney. Um, Sydney are okay. I don't mind them, but I do dislike uh, Essendon. Um, but at home, it's hard to look past Brisbane. I mean, they're, they're so strong there, um, and f- for good reason. You know, they've got a great list, which they've added to in the trade period. Mm. Um, it's, it's unsurprising that there's some people's pick for the flag. Um, Losing Cam Rayner is obviously a huge blow. Um, but as much as Brisbane are without one of their best players, um, so is Sydney. The seemingly always unavailable Buddy Franklin will be out for round one. 
mm. who at this point just seems like it, it, it feels like we're just waiting for like this guy to come out of the shadows and then it's like oh my god you know i forgot about him kind of thing like a superhero um yeah it's yeah it's like we're waiting for batman like in sydney's case it's like waiting for batman to come and save the city you know in a sense <laughs> um and you know despite a reasonable preseason from sydney they did manage a draw against gws in one of the games um i just think the brisbane at home will be far too strong so i think they'll be comfortable 44 point winners how about you i don't think it's going to be that bad perhaps i'm kind of hopeful um but sydney showed a lot during the preseason to take it right up to the giants in both matches that third quarter especially during the second match erased a 30-point deficit almost entirely to go into three-quarter time, trailing by only two points, I thought was mighty impressive. Logan McDonald looks like he could be the next great Buddy Franklin. I'm so excited to watch him play over the next, hopefully, decade-plus long career that he's going to have. That being said, though... Big words, that, compare him to one of the greatest forwards of the last, what, 50, 60 years. Mark my words, dear listener, come back to this episode in 15 years or so, and you'll see how right I am with this. Hopefully. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Uh, that being said, though, Brisbane in the last few seasons have built a home ground advantage to rival that of the Eagles in Perth, the Cats down in Geelong, and back when Sydney was really good, the Swans at the SCG. They are Richmond at the G. Richmond at the G2. Richmond at the G2. Um, It's just too tricky to see Brisbane losing a game at home this season. And it's not going to happen against the Sydney Swans. So I'm tipping Brisbane by 29 points. I think Sydney will show a lot, but Brisbane will win fairly comfortably in the end. Speaking of fairly comfortably, North Melbourne versus Port Adelaide at Marvel Stadium. Do I have to explain this? Port Adelaide by 62 points. Four. Do I have to explain why? Okay, North Melbourne supporters, I'll explain why. Basically, I think you're going to win the wooden spoon. I think Port Adelaide is going to challenge for the flag. That's the reason why. Additionally, as if Port Adelaide could get could even get any better, if that sentence made any sense. I'm going to pretend like it did. They went ahead and they got Orazio Fantasia, Brian Taylor's favorite player, and they got Aaliyah Leah one of the best defenders when he is hot, he is hot. Easily one of the best defenders in the competition. Arazio Fantasia, when he's not injured, one of the best small forwards in the competition. That makes Port Adelaide even deadlier than they already were. Like, it's going to be so exciting to watch Port play in 2021. Now, the margin could be a lot closer than this because North Melbourne play really well against Port. Historically, Port have really struggled against North. It's actually kind of incredible how much Port Adelaide has struggled to beat North Melbourne. You only have to cast your mind back to round 22, 2019. North Melbourne coming off a one-goal performance against Geelong, spearheaded by Big Ben Brown kicking 10 for the Kangas in an 80-point loss. And somehow on that day, on a day where the Crows lost to Collingwood by 62 points, and Port Adelaide started that North Melbourne game something like five or ten percentage points ahead of the Crows. 
they ended up with a lower percentage and lower on the ladder than the crows by the end of the night. Somehow, I still don't know how that happened. That's absolutely incredible. But my oh my, how the fortunes have changed. Tough initiation for David Noble. It's going to be really difficult to see North Melbourne being super competitive in this. Um, I like some of their young players, but you look at the their best players are still 30 plus years old. You know, Todd Goldstein, Jack Siebel, Ben Cunnington. They're not going to make a dent in Port Adelaide's road to the finals, I don't think, this year. 62 points. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely with you that I think Port will also win. Um, I think both teams had a, a reasonably good trade period, especially Port Adelaide. But I do think uh, there was a couple of good inclusions to Arden Street. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're up Stevenson. against... Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Boston of Villagi too. Yeah. Just thanks for those reminders. Yeah, um, no just in case, Just in case you needed them. Yeah. Um, but they're up against a, a strong, very strong Port side who, yeah, are right up there for flag contention. Um, you know, Port are missing a few good players. Hartlett, Rosie, um, and the hard-hitting Pal Pepper, um, who he's always an enjoyable player to watch as long as it's not against your own team. Um, <laughs> but uh, North are without a few of their key players. Terrence out, who was, I think, one of, their good, one of the few good players they had last year. Polak's out, and uh, Ben Cunnington is also a doubt. So all of those are doubts, which doesn't help their chances, which were already quite low. Mm. And just to add to that, they had an awful... Uh, preseason, they were battered by almost 100 points by St Kilda, um, and even at home, I just think that they don't stand enough of a chance against this strong Port side. So I'll go Port by 50 points. Yep, fairly ugly for North Melbourne, I think. Uh, moving on to now, this game is interesting. GWS versus St Kilda at Giant Stadium in Sydney, the Sunday mid-afternoon match. This one's is very interesting, right? Because the back end of last year, St. Kilda GWS met opening game of the final round of the season. GWS needed a win to have a hope of making the finals. St. Kilda already secured their spot. And the Saints crushed them. Like 50 plus points. It was an annihilation, the likes of which GWS had never seen at least not since the 2019 grand final. Uh, sorry, Giants fans for mentioning that, but at the same time, not sorry. Um, GWS, I think this year will have a worse season than St. Kilda. So I was going to tip the Saints. I originally was going to tip the Saints easily. Um, and then Rowan Marshall got injured. And then Paddy Ryder asked to have personal leave from the club, wish him all the best. Then I look at the injury list. Jaron Geary, three to six weeks. Dan Hanabry, two to four weeks. James Frawley, eight to 12 weeks. Now, the Giants have a few injured players too. All right, don't get me wrong. Giants have a few injured players too. Just looking here, Adam Kennedy, Brandon Proust. That's a big one. Lucky Whitfield, four to six weeks. But I'm looking at the Saints. Who... Do they have left as a big man? They have. They're gonna have. They're gonna have to unleash a debutante, surely. 
But that first, that, that player, their first matchup is probably going to be against Shane Munford. And all the, I can the, say the, to that the player, crunching mummy, <laughs> whoever I, whoever that player is, good luck. Like I wish you sincerely, I wish you all the best because goodness gracious me, I can see ouch written all over your Sunday afternoon. Because of that. Legally or not legally, not so sure, but yeah, yeah, we'll ouch, see, nonetheless. We'll within, yeah, we'll see if it's within the rules of the game or not. But I'm going to tip the Giants in a close one because even with the Saints missing a lot of tall marking options in the forward line and in the ruck, I, I still think St. Kilda's a better team than GWS. But at the same time, it's at Giants Stadium. Giants play better at Giants Stadium, so I'm tipping GWS by three points Ooh, very in the game close. of the round. Ooh, okay. Interesting. Um, yeah, last year was an awful year for GWS. They were meant to really push on from 2019 and essentially, you know, write, you know, the, uh, well, essentially right the wrong right <laughs> um and they didn't at all they just continued on that downward spiral essentially um and then at the other end of the spectrum was St Kilda who okay granted it wasn't maybe as spectacular as a year as some of the St Kilda fans would have hoped but it was you know it was respectable um I think um and, you know, like you said, they're going to be missing quite a few players in Kilda, which makes it difficult. Um, and like you said, also GWS without Whitfield, Proust, among a few others. Um, you know, preseason was okay for GWS. Uh, you know, they got one win and one draw with Sydney. St Kilda were pretty good. They won both their games. Um, it's a tough one. This is, again, I feel like this is one of those ones which could really go either way. Mm. I just think that there's a, there's a little bit more for me, which points to St Kilda. So I'm going to back them by 20 points away from home. It will be a massive win for them. If, if, if the Saints win, then surely they are in conversation for the Premiership early in the season. Surely. Bold. Long way to go, I know. I think... I'd be a little bit tentative to say that. I'd want to see them playing against some of the other major threats before I'd make that kind of statement. Yeah, fair, fair. Moving on to the Battle of the Coasts. West Coast v. Gold Coast in Perth. Now, uh, Liam, remind me, I struggled to remember the last time that these two teams played against each other. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Round two, 2020. You predicted the Eagles to win by something like 60 points. And I said that I had a hunch. It was a hunch that the Suns were finally going to break their drive. I said that it was a danger game for the Eagles. And you said, no, 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 no. I wish I could be as optimistic as you for the Suns. And then all of a sudden on Saturday night, I remember I was playing Monopoly with mom and dad. And you sent me a text message saying, I can't believe it, but I reckon you're right. They're probably going to win. And I checked the scores because I hadn't been paying attention. And all of a sudden, the Suns were up by 30 points. I was like, whoa, (laughs) mate, the age hire me. ABs, I, everywhere that does footy predictions, hire me because clearly I am a footy guru. Question is, Liam, are you a believer in the Gold Coast this time around? No. 
act. Uh, I think this time they've got to travel away to the West Coast. Um, and that in of itself is a completely different ballpark. Um, West Coast are almost unbeatable over there. Collingwood are probably the only side who travel to the West and think they've got a good chance at this point. <laughs> I think, you know, we're the only team which have recent history over there, which is uh, quite good. Um, you know, we've won, I think, two of our last three travels to the, uh, the West. That so, one you lost, though, was by 66 points. Yeah, but we sorted that out later in the year. <laughs> so, you know, we'll forget about that earlier slip-up which we had. Um, but, you know, we're not talking about Collingwood. Collingwood we've already discussed. I've had enough of them. We're on to West Coast here <laughs> and the Suns. Um, and West Coast at home, I think, will be too strong. It will be great to see Matt Rowell back out there with that shirt tucked in as much as it yes. seems to irritate some other players out there. Bad luck. He can do what he wants with his shirt. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, West Coast will be without a number of star players. Elliot Yo, Kennedy, Rioli, obviously, Venables. Um, Gold Coast as well, missing a few players. Rankine and uh, Atkins, potentially, as well. So, you know, a couple of uh, misses for both teams, namely West Coast. Uh, West Coast didn't have the best of pre-seasons. They did struggle somewhat against Fremantle. Um, but the Gold Coast weren't overly convincing, getting beat by flag contenders, many would argue Brisbane. Um, I think they'll struggle early. I think that Gold Coast will come at them early, but I think West Coast will find their feet on home turf and uh, will come away 32-point winners. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be close. Looking at that list of players, right? Elliot Yo to be confirmed when he's coming back. Tim Kelly, test. Josh Kennedy, test. Zach Langdon, test. Venables out indefinitely. Jake Waterman, maybe in, might be not playing. Uh, that's a good Mark, Mark Hutchins. It's a good list of players for the Eagles. I remember when this Fran One fixture got announced back in December. All those Eagles supporters on Facebook were saying, oh, good that we have a bye round in round one. Oh, nice 60-point win. And I remember reading it just like, didn't Gold Coast beat you earlier this year? It wasn't that long ago. Like, it was in round two. And I remember when that fixture was announced, these, probably the same Eagles supporters were saying the exact same thing. Now, this time round, because it's in Perth, I am tipping the Eagles to win. But I'm putting a little asterisk next to that. It's a danger game for the Eagles at home. Matty Rao, the greatest player in the league, is coming back. Right? Wow. He you're, tore you're, you're, the competition. You're a massive believer in them. He tore the competition to shreds in his first four games. And now he's going to be coming back. And I am so excited to see him back. Hopefully his body holds up. If it does, the Suns could be a serious finals threat this year. I just don't think they're going to get their year off with a... Does it just going to start their season with a victory? Um, I think it's going to be the Eagles by three goals. Could be a lot closer. I doubt it would be more than 30 points. Uh, but the Eagles should win. They should win. With their home ground advantage, how well they play at home, if they lose this game, should be warning signs warning sirens going off 
at the Eagles coach's box. Like, danger, 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 Adam Simpson, danger. Anyways, that, dear listener, is the episode round one 2021 prediction with me and Liam. Next episode will be next week. I don't know who I'm doing it with next, but whoever it is, you can catch us reviewing the round one action and previewing round two of the 2021 season. Meantime, Liam, thank you very much for joining me. I wish you, not necessarily your team, you all the best for round one and for the season ahead. Do you tell you what, you like the bullies too, so it should be interesting on Friday night. Either way, you know, you kind of get a win. And then either way, I kind of get a loss. That's also <laughs> one way to think about it. Goodness, imagine if it's a draw. Imagine how you I'd would take that. I would take the draw. You know what? I, I, I'd like to just come to a gentleman's, gentleman's agreement between both teams, yep. shake hands, just take the two points and be happy. Yep. Don't play, don't play at all. A zero-zero no. draw. You'd no injury of, concerns. Just walk yep. away with the two points. You'd be kind of used to that, a zero-zero draw, being a soccer fan, wouldn't you? Oh, far too frequently. <laughs> Far, far too frequently. Oh, geez, Louise. No, I, I look, right? Soccer soccer fans, if any of you are for some reason listening to this, right? I admire your tenacity at watching a 90-plus minute game that ends with no goals being scored. Well, kudos to you for commitment. I fully applaud you for that. Anyways, that's enough about me bagging teams and bagging other sports. Until next time, sayonara.